Welcome to the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast, your source for helping you dominate and insulate your growing practice through two pillars of success, systems and marketing. And now here's your host, Dr. Peter Bolden. Ladies and gentlemen, today on the Bulletproof Dental Practice Podcast, I have a hygienist named Sharissa Wood. Sharissa is one of the highest producing and most knowledgeable hygienists I've ever come across in my career. Never being okay with the status quo, she's continually tweaking her clinical and presentation methodology, as you'll kind of see here in this discussion. Sharissa, you've been doing hygiene for how many? Over 15 years, right? How many yeah, years? Yeah, 20 years. This year marks 20. Cool. Welcome to the show. Thanks for spending time this morning to get on with us. And um, yeah. I know that people are kind of going to be blown away with, with your message and, and uh, the value that you're going to be able to deliver for them. So you're, like I said, indicated before, you're one of the only hygienists I've seen hit, you know, a half million dollars in production, which is a pretty cool metric. I know that's not the end all be all, you know, obviously you're a healthcare provider, but, you know, right. to, to say you're an exceptional hygienist obviously would be a, an understatement. Talk about the genesis kind of of how, how you got to where you are now in your career. I mean, obviously you didn't start off, you didn't come out the gates just being this ultra performer, ultra presentation hygienist. Like, talk about your genesis and how you got to where you are now. Absolutely. And thank you so much for taking the time to have me on today. Like I said, this is my, this marks my 20th year of being a hygienist. And I will say that I really have more of a love and passion for what I do now more than I did when I started. When I first started, I knew what I wanted to do very young, and I, I came in really loving what I was doing. You know, I love people. I love the aspect of getting to care for people. I'm a pretty big science geek, so I liked how all of that kind of fit together. And I started out at, you know, kind of your average family practice. Um, you know, I enjoyed my interaction with my patients, with my team. You know, it was a good job. I had great hours. I, I was making a good income. It was close to home. And, you know, for the most part, I felt like I was making a positive impact on, on my patients' lives. But really, you know, in hindsight, looking back, I was really just doing a whole lot of polishing and scaling and a little whitening here and there. And honestly, a lot of what I now call bloody profies. And then our family kind of hit a point where there were some life changes and some family changes. And it necessitated me picking up a few extra days. And, um, you know, that's when I came across Atlanta Dental Spa. And that was kind of an eye-opener for me, really. You know, in the past, I'd kind of always done things the same old way. I'd been to the same exact continuing ed courses every year. And there was never really a challenge. There was never anything that looked any different. And so, you know, stepping out of that and coming into a practice that had really thought things through and was always looking to make changes and always looking to improve really opened my eyes to what the possibilities were. And I'll say continuing education was huge for me going to several conferences that I'd never seen or heard of and learning more science and more treatment modality options and just not being the same old thing. And it's one of those things, you know, once you see it, you can't unsee it. And for me, that's kind of the path that's brought me to where I am today. And like you said, I don't feel I'm constantly looking for the next thing. I'm constantly wanting to learn more. It just, it fascinates me. Yeah. I mean, so everyone goes to, the, you know, I want to kind of elaborate on the continuing edge because I think, you know, a lot of people go to those and nothing, you know, and I don't know if it was a, a switch or a paradigm shift in your head, but like we have to go to CE. So what was different about your experiences and, and, and that, that you said, all right. I had always kind of done the same CEs, you know, living in Atlanta, the Hinman is a huge, you know, opportunity. And that just was the norm for us. We would go to the Hinman every year, never anything outside of that. And so it was just the same old thing. And it was more focused on just 
preventative hygiene, not really perio treatment and not what was new or upcoming or, you know, what the new research or science was showing. And so going to some other areas and some people who were really kind of trying to push the limit and trying to see what can we do to really change things, that obviously was a big change in my mentality. Would you say there's a distinct moment, like a light bulb moment, you're like, okay, here's how I'm going to practice for the remainder of my career. It was this way, you know, when I was just kind of maintaining right. maintaining right. illness or maintaining perio or maintaining things and going into more of a um, more of a healer situation, which is kind of what right. you do, right? Like explain the level of ca- kind of care that you give. I mean, you know, I know you do the you know oral DNA. I know you've incorporated a microscope. You know, I know that you do a lot of perio protect, like, Talk about some of the things that kind of the light bulb moment. You were like, holy cow, I'm going to be different. Yeah. There wasn't ever an actual one single light bulb moment for me. I really think in the, in the spirit of the holidays, it was kind of like a string of Christmas lights for me. And, you know, a light would come on down the string one at a time because it's definitely been a process. You know, it didn't all happen at once. And I'm certainly not done with this process. You know, I'm, I'm always looking down the line, always growing, always stretching. I would say probably the first light was the uh, ACE conference that we attended. Hearing the science. For me, hearing about PerioProtect and the science behind that and the microbiology and being able to really treat infection, you know, at the baseline with where the bacteria is on a daily basis just kind of blew my mind and made me think, ah, you know, why aren't we doing that? It just makes so much sense. And so, of course, that kind of knowledge, learning the new methodologies, learning, you know, what was out there, of course, that leads to wanting to do several therapy changes and product changes and that sort of thing. The more you learn, the more you want to do. For me, the hardest part of working that into, you know, how do you learn all these new things and be productive, for hygienists, our biggest limitation is time. We, we only have so much time per patient in the chair and so much has to go into appointments. And for a doctor, their appointment time is kind of focused on, you know, a set number of teeth and they know what they're walking into, or it's just a limited exam where we're problem focusing one thing. But for a hygienist, we've got to look at every single aspect of a patient every time they walk in our room. And that's a lot. It's a lot of responsibility. You know, you've got a whole list, checklist of things that that have got to be done at each appointment. And so for me, the more I learned and the more technology that I got excited about and wanted to incorporate... I kind of had to step back and say, okay, wait, I've got to create an appointment flow for myself that's going to ensure consistency across the board. And I was very intentional with that flow. I kind of wrote, sat down, I literally sat down and wrote out, okay, these are all the things that have to happen for me to give my patients this excellent care. But how do I do this to make it work for me from a time standpoint, from a patient, for an understanding standpoint, and make sure that I'm not missing anything. I wanted to be... I, I think, honestly, that consistency is one of the biggest reasons for my success. I do it the same way every time for every patient so that I don't miss anything. And I made that my norm. And I think that's really important. I also sat down and created some verbiage for several, anything from the oral cancer screening you know, presentation to sealants to perio. Anything that I needed to spend some time talking to patients about, I literally sat down and wrote out verbiage and thought it through and thought about what's the most easily understandable way in a timely manner to share this with a patient. And I committed that to memory and and worked on it and tweaked it. And I still do. 
I, I think that good communication is vital to patient health and enrollment. Uh, you, they've got to be able to understand what you're saying and, and apply it to them. So in a limited time frame, having that pre-planned verbiage is really helpful for me. So consistency was the one big thing for me. The other big shift I made has really morphed through the years. And it's really more as I understand how big of a role the host response plays in each patient. Because one of my things is I really aim to customize care to each patient. So I know it sounds really strange on one hand to say that I'm really consistent and I do it the same way for every patient every time, but then to also say, well, I really want to tailor treatment to them. It's it's really a delicate balance. And it's crazy because there's not a cookie cutter approach. I'm not saying, well, you do it the same way every time for every patient and, and that's how it works. It's kind of a blend. And I guess the best analogy would be like if you were going to, to bake some cookies, you would take all of your ingredients and set them out on the counter. This is everything that you're going to use. But then, depending on what your patient's needs are, that determines how much of each ingredient and, and when and where you use it. And so it's definitely a balance there between that. Yeah, it's almost like you must kind of have like a flow chart, right? Like you, if this, then this, you know, and, and yes, it allows correct. you to get to the same end goal with everyone because everyone comes in, like you said, you know, hygienist you usually see is the first person that the patient sees and you don't know what you're getting, so to speak. You don't know if that patient's coming in as diabetic. You don't know if they have cardiovascular issues. You don't know if they have perio issues. Unlike a dentist, you know, we've already kind of pre-planned, like you said, our day and we know that we have to do a crown on number 13, right? That's our appointment, right? But, but you're right. you're the kind of the first layer of exposure to the. To, so it's it is it is. I think that's a great point. Is just you stay consistent with the level of care by you kind of dictating the path in which you want to take, right? And you kind right. of reverse engineered almost your appointment. And I, I use that a lot in this podcast, is saying reverse engineer because I think it's a great thing. You're intentionally starting from where you want to be. And then just kind of backing down your pathway of how to get there. And I've watched you do that over the years, and, and it's really fascinating. One thing that I want to point out is that, you know, I know that the, the title of this podcast is The 500K Hygienist, and that's a nice, catchy title. But the production is really just a good scorecard, in my opinion, And because what I'm most proud of of you is that I truly believe you're helping people in a complete health manner. I've seen your successes of of patient care and life improvements that you've literally made to these patients. I mean, big time changes. Can you give a couple cool stories that you've got? Absolutely. And you know, this is where my passion lies, is getting them healthy overall. It's not just about what's happening right there in their mouth because it impacts everything. And I love dentistry because it does allow us to change people's lives. We all think, of course, about, you know, boosting somebody's confidence because we enhance their smile or by creating proper function, they're able to eat and speak more comfortably. You know, there's always that aspect we think about. But knowing what we know now with all the research and science that's pouring out, we're really able to save people's lives in some case. And it, and it doesn't get better than that. I have tons of examples. And, and as long as I've been doing this, um, but I have a few favorites. I had a patient female in her 60s that came in and she had very high level of dental anxiety. And, and it's been about 10 years since her last visit. And she came in and of course, with it being as long as it had been, she was a mess and she had very significant periodontal disease going on. And, you know, one of the things that she expressed to me at the top of the appointment is that she was just constantly exhausted. She just, she kind of stopped doing the things she enjoyed. She was an avid sewer and she hadn't done that in forever and she just had no energy and she was exhausted and she didn't know what to do. And so when, when we got in and really started looking around and seeing what was going on, explaining that to her. And once we treated her, you know, she came back and I'll never forget the day she came back. She had a huge smile on her face and she said, you're never going to believe this, but I'm sewing again. I feel so much better. It's, it's unbelievable how much energy I have. And 
you know, that was kind of giving that back to her and, and what a joy that was. I had a, a male in his 50s that came in and he was really battling. Let me comment on that real quick. So basically you, what you're saying is kind of the bacterial load that she was undergoing, this chronic bacterial load or infection was just literally fatiguing her, which is, it's so, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a paradigm shift in dentistry is just to kind of think about like this huge exposure of this epithelium that we have in our gum tissues. And then if that's chronically inflamed, if you kind of roll that out, I think you actually know the data. Isn't it like a football field level of like, uh, maybe, maybe. Oh, absolutely. But it's a huge area that obviously, you know, the body would have to fight for that infection. So it's using all these resources to fight the infection that it could have been used for sewing, right? Um, Exactly. (laughs) Your immune system can only do so much at a time. Right, right. So, sorry, I cut you off, but I kind of wanted to. No, that's okay. Yeah, okay. So keep going. This is cool. I actually have a current patient right now who, um, same thing, she came in and she's young, she's in her late 20s. Uh, she came in and she said, you know, I, again, I've been completely exhausted. I have no energy and I've been to my physician and, you know, they've run all these tests. She said my vitamin D was low. We've, we've boosted that. I still don't feel any different. So what's crazy is I had this positive test, a false positive test for Lyme's disease and my doctor said, I don't really understand that. I don't know what's going on. You don't have Lyme, but yet, you know, this test came back positive. Well, you know that I've just recently started using some microscopy in the practice, which just is, again, fascinating to me to see what, you know, bacteria really is doing in there. And she had an inordinate amount of spirochetes in there. And Lyme disease is also driven by spirochetes. And so I couldn't help but think, gosh, I wonder if that's where that false positive came from. But we've just started treating her, and it's just well, just within the last week, and she has already reported back to me and said, I have so much energy already just doing this treatment, you know, after a week. So, again, you don't think about how much of a drain, you know, that kind of infection can be on your body and on your life and on your lifestyle. And you were able to actually show that, you know, with the microscope. You yes. know, I put it on the big screen. Yes. And I encourage you, you know, I, I had never seen um, a spirochete kind of in a microbiological level, like looking at it on yeah. a microscope. And holy cow, <laughs> some of those bugs are pretty scary. And, you know, if you show this to people, I mean, I know personally as a consumer, if I had seen that, I'd say, I don't care what it takes, get me healthy and get that yeah. out of my mouth. Like, right. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just a no brainer. And I think the, that because you're so educated, because you're so committed to the process of, of, of your trade that, you know, your enrollment follows suit. And it's not because you're selling, you're saying, Hey, you need to do this and you need to do this. It's like, let me just educate you along the process. Right. And, and you pick, yeah. you pick what you want, you know, wherever I've spoken the value and, and, and you see the value in your life, then that's what we'll do. Another thing I think that you're great on, and I've watched you lots of times I like to just come in and check and just, you, you handle everything, and I sit there and bob my head, and that's really the way things should be uh, performed, meaning that, you know, you really quarterback the entire appointment, new patient appointment, hygiene check, whatever it is, but you're very, very intuitive to people's, their body language, their perception, their the way that they are, their physical being in the chair, because it's a vulnerable place for them, and you're very good at taking someone from saying, hey, and giving them hope and saying, hey, here's where you are, it's fine. You're not the worst I've ever seen, and we can. I can help you. And I think you give hope to a lot of people who come in feeling hopeless. They've been told, like in the past, like, 
oh, you just have chronic disease and that's just your life, right? Right. So I, I really think that you're very good at that. And I think that's something that, you know, outside the box, I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but actually one of, uh, you know, I had some young students ask me, they said, hey, what would you recommend that I focus on when I get in practice to really be good at my job? Because, you know, how do I be a successful dentist? I know I'm kind of digressing a little bit, but it applies back to what I just said to you. And I told them, I said, I said, learn about body language. Learn about where people are as a dentist. You don't want to just come in and regurgitate your knowledge on them. Like, be very self-aware of where they are, where you are, and empathize. And I think if you could do that as a dentist, you know, yes, you have to have clinical chops to back it up. But I think if you can, you can empathize with where they are, you are way ahead of the guy down the street. And I know, like I said, I know I digressed and we jumped off from cool stories to that, but but that's that's what I've seen a lot of your success. And uh, I mean, I know you know that, but you know, that's, I think your genuine empathy for people and your genuine knowledge is a humongous reason for, for why this works. Well, thank you. And we have to remember, we're not there to fix teeth. We're there to help people. And that's the mentality behind that. And you've got to meet them where they're at for that. You've got to help them understand. You know, how many patients have we seen that will tell you, well, you know, I had that root canal. I don't really know why. I think I had a deep cleaning, but I don't really know what was going on. Like so many people, you know, people out on the street don't understand dentistry. That's why they come to us for our expertise. And so obviously we're going to give them that and offer them that. But we also have to treat them as the person that they are and consider, you know, what they've got going on in life and what their lifestyle factors are because that all plays in and we've got to help them really understand what's going on because when they can truly understand what's going on and how it impacts them, like you said, that's when they're willing to make the change and that's when they're willing to say, yeah, I think I, I do want to do that. And then when you're able to make that change for them, it's a game changer and they're, they're going to stay with you forever. They're going to tell everyone else they know about it. You are absolutely right. All right. So mostly dentists listen to this podcast. So what advice would you have for some of the docs looking to enhance their peri or hygiene department? What advice could you give to them who, when they, their hygiene program is a little stagnant or plateaued or they just don't have any upside or, or bandwidth to go? Like, What would your uh, advice be to someone like Monday morning, a Monday morning pearl, so to speak. You know what I mean? Like, what could you give them? Like, <laughs> right. boots on the, what, go look at this and start looking at this and tracking right. this or whatever. Yes. So, I don't know if you know, but the six most expensive words in business are, we've always done it that way. <laughs> so, if, if, if you've kind of been in that rut where you've just done it the same way over and over and you, you really haven't looked outside, you haven't made any changes, that's kind of probably the first place to start is, is to be open to change, whether it's new modalities or technology, but look around and realize, you know, we haven't changed anything. Why would we expect a different outcome? So, you know, being open to change and, you know, of course, the first thing you've got to do is, is really look at where your hygiene program is at. If it's not as productive as you want, then you've got to sit down and, and take an assessment of what's happening. And, and honestly, it's, it's all in the numbers. You've got to know what percentage of perio is your, is your hygienist actually treating. You know, CDC says right now that about 80% of the adult population has some form of periodontal disease. And so how that plays out in your practice, your hygienist should be treating, her perio percentage should be between 30 and 35% to really be meeting the needs of what the population are. So that's an easy way to just sit down and figure out, you know, what percentage of, of uh, hygiene are we, or of perio are we actually treating? So just run the run the code. What are the codes uh, for like a, like a perio? 
what you'll want to do is you want to look at the total number of patients being seen. So that includes all of your, you know, your profies, your 1110s, your child profies, your 1120s, and then all of your periodontal codes, whether it's the 4341, 4342, or the 4910, which is your perio maintenance. So you calculate the total number of all of those codes seen, because that's the total patient number, and then you just calculate the number of the perio codes that have seen, and you divide those numbers, and that'll give you that percentage for how much is being treated. Interesting. Okay. Cool. So that's the easiest place to start, is just see what's being treated there, because if, if those numbers, you know, if your perio numbers are low, there's a chance your hygienist is doing a whole lot of bloody profies, which isn't beneficial to the patient. Or the practice. And then I'd say the second thing is, is fuel the fire. Send your hygienist to some good continuing ed that they've not been exposed to before. And if you're looking for a good one to start with, I would say AOSH, the American Academy of Oral and Systemic Health, does one annually that will just blow their minds from a standpoint of understanding, you know, the microbiology behind it, looking at some new paradigms that are out there, new treatment modalities. That's a great place to start. And don't just send them, but go with them because they need your support. You're the leader. And in you know previous practices, I've been to continuing ed courses where you get some information that you think, man, that's cool. I'm excited about that. And you take it back and your doctor kind of goes, oh, that sounds cool. And then never does anything about it. We can't make a whole lot of moves without the leader supporting that. So go with them so you understand too. And you can kind of create the plan together. And honestly, you know, patients love their hygienists for the most part. You know, that's that's who they're really talking to and spending time with it, time with, and they're building that bond with. But when it all comes down and it all falls out, they're really looking to the dentist to say yay or nay on whatever the hygienist said. They really want that input. So you've got to know what they know, for the most part, to be able to back them up and support them in that. Absolutely, I think that's. I think you're right. I think that's key. That it's got to be a collaborative. A collaborative evolution. Otherwise, you come in all ready to roll, and if you don't have the support, then it's dead in the water. It's dead in the water, no matter right. what. And and then you you know, and that and that honestly causes other problems of beyond not implementing it. It causes kind of demotivation, you know, job satisfaction, right. all these things, because then you feel stagnant with where you are. And human beings don't like to, for the most part, don't like to feel like they're just in a stagnant state. It's not very healthy. Let's do this. Could you walk? through a typical appointment that you find. So like some of your enrollment findings for perio and restorative. And, and I actually want to say something about perio and restorative. So you're not, you know, one of the jobs of uh, what I should say, a lot of dentists think that hygiene is a loss leader. And you know what I mean by that? Like they think that it's really just hygiene doesn't make any, it's not profitable for the practice, but it's a necessity and it's something that's needed so that you can enroll restorative and help kind of diagnose things. So uh, um, and that really isn't doesn't need to be the case. Obviously, hygiene is can be a standalone, and it should be, and it should be you know somewhere ideally somewhere close to 25, 30 percent of your entire production of your practice. That that's kind of the metrics for kind of having a healthy a healthy hygiene program. Given that your your total production is pretty high as well, right? Does that make sense? Like it, it, correct. Yes. Okay. Yes. So. I know I digress a little bit there too, but can you walk through some of the the perio and restorative? Meaning, you still focus on doing your perio enrollment second phase, but you also you also don't neglect our doctors. Meaning, you you also well, are very cognizant of the fact that, like, hey, I'm not just focused on my production; it's a team effort, and I want to make sure that that they get healthy from both standpoints—a periodontal health standpoint 
and a tooth standpoint or a stability of tooth or bacterial elimination through cavities and stuff like that. Right. You can't be healthy in one area and unhealthy in the other. That doesn't equal health. So, yes, it has to be both. And absolutely, like I said, it's, it's putting all those ingredients out on the counter and knowing that you're going to use all those because you're not just looking for perio. You're looking across the board for what's going on in here that, that we need to address that will bring this patient to total health. So it's, it's both. It's a collaboration for sure. For me, one of the most important things in enrolling for either is looking at a patient's medical history. And I know that sounds crazy, but that is my number one enrollment key because the host response is key. Knowing how that patient's going to respond, why that patient is doing what they're doing, what's going on is key. So I've got to look and know what the background is going on there because that gives me a whole lot of information and a way to reach that patient where they're at. As I'm, as I'm showing them the photos, so you talked about going through like, a, you know, a regular appointment visit. You know, every appointment, I'm obviously going to update medical history, any changes that have, that have been made, and not just from a medical standpoint, but also from a lifestyle standpoint, because I can't tell you how big of a role stress plays when it comes to people's oral health, whether it's perio because they just don't have time to take care of things, they're so stressed, whether it's perio because their immune system is not kicking in because they're so stressed whether it's bruxism is a problem and now we're having, you know, TMJ issues because they're clenching because of stress, but stress is huge. So you can't just ask, you know, hey, any medical changes? You had any, you know, you know, new medicines or allergies going on? You really, it's important to know what's going on lifestyle-wise too because that makes a huge impact. So that's my number one that kind of feeds into everything else. But my normal appointment, you know, I'm updating medical history. I'm updating any necessary x-rays, oral cancer screening. I'm evaluating periodontal state every visit. I update any photos. If I see a tooth, you know, that's cracked or broken or just some stain that's present, I'll take a picture and so I can show them so that I can involve them. But my whole goal in all of my steps is to really educate the patient to understanding, helping them understand, like, what is their current condition? What is going on in my mouth right now? Talking about what are the options for treatment for these issues? You know, what steps do we need to take to get to ultimate health? And then, you know, really talking about what are the expected outcomes, whether they treat it or whether they don't, just so they have the full picture. Because for me, it's not a personal thing. I'm not here to, you know, tell you what you should do. And if you say no, I'm, I'm personally hurt by that. I'm here to really show you and help you understand what's going on in your mouth so that you can make the best educated decision for yourself. That is vital for me. Yeah, empowering them through, through the process of your education yes. to make the right decisions that work. Otherwise, you're just ramrodding stuff down them, and they don't see the value, which then, you know, then makes them kind of disgruntled if something doesn't go the way that they, you know what I mean? Yes, they appreciate it when you put it in their hands and help them understand, and, it, and it's their choice. It's not our choice. Right, and, and really not dissimilar to a lot of the way that, that I present treatment. You know, I mean, it's the same kind of methodology, right? I mean, you're just... You're educating, saying, here's what I think, this is what this is what I'd recommend that you need. If you don't do it, here may be the consequences. But, you know, you just you never know kind of thing, right? But but it's nice to speak of the value, and I think that's where you, uh, you really excel. I've watched you be able to kind of, you know, obviously I have a practice in, uh, that a lot of the, the users know about outside of Atlanta Down Spa in, in Blairsville, and I've watched you, and that's more of a just an a insurance-driven family practice. And I've watched you really go in and help them go in and kind of analyze their numbers and, and take us in, in that practice from kind of a, a, a lower baseline of perio and enrollment 
and things like that and really kind of start moving the needle forward. And you don't have to kind of talk about that so much. I just am very grateful for your knowledge, the way that you educate people, the way that you can kind of are just hopeful not only to patients but hopeful to other hygienists and I think it's I think you're a, a true testament to your profession that being said are you I mean do you even have the bandwidth because I'm sure people are going to contact you uh, do you even have the bandwidth to talk to some dentists I know that you've done some consulting in the past helping practices out is that something that you would consider going forward so as I put it in the show notes and you have dentists reaching out to you you know I mean I'm I'm cool with it you know I probably should have had this conversation off the Absolutely. podcast but Okay, I just want to make sure because really I, I think the way that you do things is, is too good to keep a secret. I think, you know, one of our roles is to help each other in, in, in this big world of dentistry. So I think you can deliver a lot of value to the practice and really change things categorically for them in the, in the program. So yeah, that's it. Anything else that you feel like we didn't touch on? I, mean, I think we covered some great highlights here in about a half an hour. Just huge value. What anything you think that we didn't didn't cover that you want to kind of elaborate on or talk to the audience about? I don't know. I think I think we hit it all. Um, you know, I could I could talk for days because I really love what I do and I and I love all of this and and I'm definitely open, you know, to helping anybody because you know, like you said, for me, one of the biggest changes was going to these other conferences and hearing other people. And hearing people who had gone ahead before and had, had found what worked and made it work. And so I'm happy to help people because of that. Because if I can help somebody else see it a little different or tweak it a little different or, you know, open your eyes to something that you didn't, weren't aware of before, it's all about being able to get that patient healthy. And when you can do that, I mean, your, your practice is just going to just yep. go up and up. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Teresa, thank you again for your time. I get to see you often and I still learned a lot just from our conversation. So have a great day and I uh, appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to Bulletproof Dental Practice with your host, Dr. Peter Bolden, online at BulletproofDentalPractice.com. We'll catch you next time.